In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Misra, and we read the story of the calling of Levi, who is Matthew the Apostle, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew. We read about it in Luke chapter 5, and it says, After these things he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. And it's a very short statement in the calling um, for us to read and understand how is it that Levi, this man who was a tax collector for presumably many years, and he had his own tax office, and he had his own career, and everything that he was doing, and in one word that the Lord spoke to him, saying, follow me, that he left everything, and he went up and followed him. So I want to just contemplate um, briefly about some of the lessons that we can learn from the life um, of, of this uh, apostle Levi, and how is it that he left um, his vocation in order to follow Christ. The first lesson that we learn from him is how to respond to God's call. He only heard just a simple word, um, only one, th and he only heard it one time. Sometimes we have to be uh, hearing the same message again and again and again in order for it to begin to sink in and to say, you know what, maybe God is trying to send me a message. Um, maybe we read it, we hear it from our friends, we hear, hear it in sermons, we, we hear the message again and again and again, something that convicts us through the work of the Holy Spirit in us before we begin to pay attention. Um, but here, uh, Levi, he heard the voice of, of Christ only one time, um, and he made a huge change in his life. And if you can imagine, there is no bigger change that one can make than to go from being a tax collector to being an apostle, um, leaving behind everything, not worrying about how is it he's going to make money, not worrying about um, how, how he will be perceived by the other tax collectors who are you know, his friends, his peer group, um, and yet he made all of this change. Um, it says in Hebrews chapter 3, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And so sometimes maybe we, we find in ourselves that we have a hardened heart because we have attachments to things. Um, maybe what we learn here from Levi is that he was not attached, even though he was a tax collector and even though um, you know, it was known at the time that the tax collectors were sinners because they would steal from the people, collecting more taxes than they should um, and keeping the money for themselves. The tax collectors had a very bad reputation. Um, but here when he heard the voice of Christ, he immediately responded. And maybe this also tells us something about the way that God judges us. Um, we tend to judge people from the, the external by looking at the outside and judging people according to what they appear to us from the outside. But only God knows the inside. Maybe we also look at the example of Saul. Saul, who no one would have expected or thought that he could become a powerful Christian, um, and yet the Lord chose him. When, when um, Saul went to Ananias uh, to be baptized by him, um, and, and God told Ananias before Saul would arrive that he's coming to him. Um, Ananias was disturbed and he said, don't you know this man is the persecutor of Christians? Um, and, but the Lord responded, he says, no, um, he is a chosen vessel of mine. I've chosen him. I know what is it he is capable of. I know what is it that he can do. And I know his potential and I know what it, how is it he was going to respond to the call. And so the Lord knows and chooses, right? Um, and so it is up to us then when we are called to respond to the call. Sometimes um, it's difficult for us to see the potential in ourselves. When we are called, we think, maybe I am unready, I am not prepared, I don't have the ability um, or the talent or the skill or the time, or the resources to do what is it, whatever it is that God is calling me for. Um, but here we see clearly that God doesn't call those people who um, he knows are going to fail 
but he calls those people that he knows will succeed through his grace. So um, we see that as the first lesson is his faithfulness of how is it that he responded to the call. The second is he placed his hope in the one who called him. Um, certainly, again, he was not qualified. He had no qual qualifications for being uh, an apostle, but we don't hear him arguing about this. You know, when we, we hear, for instance, Moses, when he was called to go back to Egypt and to declare to Pharaoh to let the people of God to be released from their slavery, and Moses began to quarrel with God, and he told him, um, I am not an eloquent person. I am slow of speech. I, I'm not able to do the things you are calling me to do. Uh, and yet here we hear from Levi nothing like this. Uh, he heard the call of God, and he responded immediately. Um, similarly to this, when God is calling Jeremiah the prophet, um, it says, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. The focus then on the calling whenever we are called by God is not on what is it that we are able to produce, but what is it that we are able to receive. How is it that I am receiving from God his grace? Am I open to receiving it? Am I open to doing what he's calling me for? Or am I just going to look at my own resources and say I am unable to do whatever it is that God is calling me for? And certainly those people who trusted God and who took the risks and to accept and to receive the calling that they were called for are the ones who saw God working the most in their lives and saw how God is able to um, open a path and, and, and a road where there is no road, how he was able to change and convert the hearts of, of the people um, because they understood that they themselves were not qualified. It is only God who was able to work in them. So this is the second lesson we learn from him is um, he hoped in, in Christ who called him. Third lesson we learn is that he forsook the old ways. Later in the, um, in the gospel passage that we read today, Christ speaks about um, the, the, the garments. And he says, no one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. What is he speaking about here? He's speaking about that the, with the calling comes a new mindset and a new way of thinking and a new way of living and a new set of priorities and a new set of values and everything else that comes with it because we are now aligning ourselves with the will of God, with the system of God, with the commandments of God. And so we have a new mindset. And so you cannot take uh, a piece of cloth from an old garment and patch the new. And similarly, he gave the example of the wineskins. You cannot take uh, new uh, old wineskins and pour new wine into it. The, the wineskin here representing like the mind. You cannot take the old mindset, the old way of thinking, and put the new ideas in it. You cannot put the gospel message into a mind of a person who is stuck in the old ways. So also someone who is called by God has to, to give up the old wineskin for the new wineskin meaning the new way of thinking, the new attitudes that I have, the new faith that I have, so that, so that when you pour the new wine in, it does not burst to wineskins, but both are preserved. And so here, whatever habits and patterns of life that Levi had grown accustomed to in his life as a tax collector, he would have to turn away from this. He would have to turn away from this life and adopt a completely different life. And maybe this involved sacrifices. It definitely involved sacrifices for him because he gave up his source of income in order to follow Christ, um, who uh, he had no idea what his life was going to look like. Similarly with the apostles who were called as fishermen. They gave up actually on the shore on that day where 
Christ allowed them to have a miraculous catch of fish, um, maybe someone would have said, this is, this is my lucky day. I have now so much fish that I can sell and make money from it. Um, but yet they left the fish on the shore. They, they didn't take the fish with them. When he said, follow me, they left everything. They left their nets, their boats, they left their, their families, and they took uh, nothing with them, and they followed Christ. And, of course, we know what happened to them. Um, so they forsook the old ways. Whenever we are called by Christ, he is not calling us because we are sufficient in what we have in the moment, but because he is calling us to a new kind of life, a, a life that is... Um, that is filled with a kind of a new way of thinking and a new set of priorities and a new way of living. And so we cannot say that I'm going to be a follower of Christ or a disciple of Christ without, without us changing in some way. We are called to change. He is not calling us just to do a certain kind of work. He is calling us to change so that we are able to do the work that he is calling us for. So this is the third lesson we learn from the calling of Levi the prophet is he had to forsake his old ways. Also, he rejoiced in his calling. It says immediately after um, he, he, he left and he followed Christ, it says, Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house, meaning he was so joyful for what is it that Christ had done that he gave him a feast. He, he held a feast for everyone to come and to rejoice with him at what is it that had happened to him. Um, and in every way that we see that the servants of God are called to serve and they do so joyfully. Sometimes maybe we grumble at our calling. We grumble because God has given us responsibilities that are difficult. God has called us to make sacrifices that are difficult. You know, so when we read these stories um, in the Bible about the great leaders and the great servants of God, we almost read them in a romanticized way where we see just like the highlights of their life and all of their victories and all their successes. And we look at that and it's like, wow, this is such a great life of this great servant of God. But the reality of a person who would serve God in such a way, it is a life filled with many kinds of frustrations and many kinds of difficulties. If you look at the life of Moses, um, you know, he, he, he struggled so much with the people that he said, these people are wearing me out. I don't, I don't know how to deal with them. They are a difficult people. And God himself called the people of Israel uh, a stubborn and obstinate people. So the kind of day-to-day -day stresses and the day-to-day -day challenges and obstacles and, and, and difficulties that we have um, are real. You think about, for instance, parenting. You know, the idea of having being a parent and raising children and seeing them grow from infancy to eventually graduating from college and getting married and all of that. When you look at it from a very high level, it sounds very nice, right? But anyone who is a parent knows that the day-to-day -day life of struggling with the children and getting them to do what you're asking them to do and getting them to go to bed on time and getting them to do their homework and getting them to, you know, and all the struggles and the fights and the quarrels and the disobedience and the rebellion and everything that happens on a day-to-day -day basis um, is not the same as that high-level view, that high-level picture. And in order for someone to be successful as a parent or to be successful at a job or successful in marriage or successful in anything is a person who has to deal with those struggles, those day-to-day those -day struggles. So we see that um, sometimes we, we lose sight of the calling. We lose sight of what is it that God has called me to be. And we focus just on the struggles of the moment, the details and the challenges and the problems. And we forget that this is a noble calling that God has called us for, that he gave us a gift and that we are called to 
um, to live up to this calling and to bring him into our problems. That whenever we are struggling, again, just like Moses, whenever he was struggling, he would go to God and pray, and God would grant him relief and grant him solutions and tell him what is it that he should do. Um, definitely any kind of calling causes us to feel humbled and to feel like I am unable to fulfill it without God with me. And this is actually by design. Um, again, it's, it's a wrong perception from us when we think that I'm going to uh, be successful in, in whatever it is that I'm supposed to do on my own without God with me, without, without seeking Him. There will be challenges and problems and things that maybe are going to make me to feel um, like I cannot continue, like this is the end of me, like there is no way, there's no road forward for me until we go to him and we ask him for his help and we ask him to grant us comfort and consolation and then we will find a path forward and a way because we did not give up so again there's many different kinds of callings the calling to be a spouse to be a parent to be an employee to be a servant in the church whatever it is that is the calling that god has called us for he wants us to rejoice in it and one of the reasons that we rejoice in it is because it is a source of salvation for us God does not grant us any of these things simply because he wants us to serve as like workers that we, we work and we do the work because God needs workers. Actually, he doesn't need workers. He doesn't need us to work. He can do all of the work if he wants to, to work. Um, he actually wants us to participate in the work for our own benefit. If you look at the parable of the, uh, of the workers of the 11th hour, in this parable, the, um, the landowner he goes out periodically during the day to find workers to work in his in his in his vineyard in his land and he goes out even up to the 11th hour of the day which is like 5 p.m. when you when you think of someone who's going to go out at 5 p.m. and find people to work in his land then what is it that he is looking for they only have like one more hour left of work for the day why would you go and bother yourself and pay a wage to people who are going to go and only work for one hour it's not because he cares about the work as much as he cares about the workers. He wants the workers to come. He wants them to participate. He wants to give them every opportunity and every chance for them to come and participate and get the blessing and the reward of working. And this is why in the end, in this parable, um, the owner, he paid all the workers the same, the same wage, whether they came from the very first hour of the day or whether they came at the very end of the day, he gave them all the same wage. He saw them all as having accepted the call and so we rejoice in the calling, even when the calling is difficult, even when there are tears and pain and mourning, and we believe that God is calling us to this for our own salvation, and that he will grant us comfort, and he will grant us to be successful in whatever calling he has called us for. The last uh, lesson we learn uh, from uh, Levi, the apostle, in his calling, is that he shared his new faith with his peers. Um, actually, when it says that he gave a great feast in his house, and then it says, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. This was also similar to how the Samaritan woman, after she had her encounter with Christ, went back to her village and said, um, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? One of the first reactions that these people had, having had this encounter with Christ, is they wanted to share it with others because it was so profound to them. It was something so life-changing to them that they wanted to share that, that same message with other people. And we are also called to do the same. We are called to share this message, this good news, this gospel message with other people for the salvation of others. Um, sometimes we don't, um, maybe either because 
we are very uh, focused on ourselves and our own lives rather than to think about maybe other people that we could help to bring. Um, other times, because, it, because from the previous point, we no longer rejoice in it. We no longer see it as a rejoicing. We see it maybe as a burden. We see it as something um, that I take for granted. It's not something that I really enjoy so much to have that joy of wanting to share. You know, whenever you, you, you're really happy about something, you, you naturally want to share it with other people. You want other people to know about this great thing that you found. Um, and, and that's very natural for us as human beings. So if we truly feel, if we truly rejoice at something, if we feel like we have found something of great value, then I go and I share that with other people because of the value that it has for me. So if I truly believe that it was great, just as here Levi believed that his calling was a great thing, the encounter that he had with Christ, he's changing his life completely, and he wanted to share that with all the others. And note also that he wasn't um, shy to do so. He wasn't shy to share. He could have thought to himself, well, I'm, I'm ashamed, or not ashamed, but maybe embarrassed um, to share with all of my previous group of friends, uh, these other tax collectors, that I am now no longer a tax collector, but now I am going to follow Christ. What is it that they're going to say about me? Are they going to go say, well, you're crazy. What are you doing? You're giving up all your career, your money, your financial security to go follow after this man. Um, why are you doing that? But he didn't think any of those things. He, he thought to himself, no, this is something that is good, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm happy about it, and so I will have this feast not only for Christ, but to invite also all of the others who can meet with him. So we spoke about five points uh, of lessons we can learn from Levi, the tax collector. The first was responding to God's call immediately and with faithfulness. The second is hoping in the one who called him, that he is the one who is going to grant him the success in his new call. The third was forsaking the old ways and adopting a new lifestyle that is fitting of the call. The fourth is rejoicing in the call and being happy for what is it that God has called him for. And then the last one is sharing uh, his new faith. So may God grant us to be like Levi and to receive and hear the call that God is calling us for, to accept it, enjoy, to share it with others, and to be faithful in our lives. And glory be to God forever. Amen.